Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. No truck stops a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. I'm with Avery. Hey. Greg. Hey. And Matthew Hubertson, Jake Nyberham the fourth. My headphones just blew out. That was too much. You're supposed to say hey. <laughs> oh hey. Like a nice jaunty voice. I even used your full name, Matt. I appreciate that. Don't dox me, please. <laughs> As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod and send us your questions there or at No Truck Stops Podcast at gmail.com. This is our basketball episode, which drops almost every Tuesday morning. Programming note, though, next week our basketball episode will drop Wednesday morning because the season tips off Tuesday, November 9th. Uh, we're going to record late that night, review all the games that happened uh, because all Pac-12 teams will be in action. So be sure to watch out for our episode next Wednesday morning instead. So next week we're dropping it Wednesday morning and then we'll go back to Tuesday morning. Uh, this week, though, we're on part two of our Pac-12 hoops preview to help you get ready for the season. This week, we're going to help you get ready with Pac-12 basketball via a draft. But before we get there, we get Pac-12 hoops in one week. The season tips off Tuesday, November 9th. All 12 teams are in action from 12 p.m. to 9 p.m. Or the games start at 9 p.m. 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m., I can't remember. UCLA Bakersfield is on super late. Uh, We got a lot of games on the schedule uh ucla bakersfield is on late at night we have arizona state in action against uh i i don't have the schedule pulled up i'm i'm a moron uh you want me to read it yeah what is it you got it up um alcorn versus wazoo okay uc san diego versus cal portland versus asu texas southern versus oregon abilene christian versus utah CSUN versus USC, Montana State versus Colorado, NIU versus Washington. Uh, who is T-A-R? Uh, Tarleton. Tarleton. Thank you, Greg. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know ball. Tarleton think, versus Stanford. NAU versus Arizona. Portland State versus Oregon State. And CSB versus UCLA. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I had them up, and then I just closed the window. Very dumb of me. But uh, anyway, quickly, before we start our draft, because that will take up the most of our time here, of these 12 games, which of these are you going to be watching, or is there something specifically that you're going to be watching for? Avery? Um, I'm specifically going to be watching NAU and Arizona to see if Arizona's basketball team will also lose to Northern Arizona University this year. (laughs) Going for the sweep. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'm going to... I'm gonna try to find like some Dominican League baseball or something that I'll, I'll probably watch. On <laughs> I think the World Series should uh, be over. So uh, <laughs> it's it's not a great slate of games, but uh, I'm gonna be focused on two in particular. As a Utah fan, obviously I'll be watching Utah versus Abilene Christian, but at the same time I think that could be interesting because in the tournament Abilene Christian beat Texas and they did it by just like absolutely stifling them it was one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen and like I think Utah's going to be a good defensive team this year but uh the offense is a concern for me and so this is going to be a big test to see if they can score so I think that should be interesting and I'm also going to be locked in on uh NAU Arizona uh, because I'm really excited to see what Tommy Lloyd's Arizona looks like this year, especially hoping that he makes Ben Matherin a little bit better of a player this year. He made Corey Kispert one of the best uh, cutters in college basketball last year, and uh, Matherin is like a lot more athletic and better. He's a better finisher, so he has the potential to do that in the elite level, and I'm hoping Tommy Lloyd can bring the best out of him. But with the competition in uh, northern arizona i'm not sure how much we'll learn anyway yeah i don't think we're learning a whole lot in this slate of games i i guess i'm watching abilene christian utah i think if we had to pick like one one of these teams to beat a pac-12 team it's it's probably yeah it's probably abilene christian over utah 
Um, that's at five o'clock Pacific on Pac-12 Mountain. We're gonna get a lot of Pac-12 regional network stuff going on here. Um, so they people probably. I think they should they're let us... all on the. I think Pac-12 I saw a tweet that said they're all on the Pac-12 app. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, they for I'm gonna free? be at the Utah game. I think yeah, if you have free. like uh, no, oh, they're, they're all for free? for free on the app. Ooh, Daddy George tweeted that today. Wait, I through the whole Daddy season George. or just on? Just, I think it's just this first game, Ugh. this first day of games. What um, more disappointing, but still. What a tease. I was going to say, I'm going to be at the Utah game, so <laughs> if they lose, that will be very upsetting for me, <laughs> but I will not be shocked. <laughs> how, is the, how is the student section for Utah hoops? Uh, it hasn't been good since Utah's been good. Got it. Like for big games, people go. Right. But if it's not a big game, nobody cares. Nobody Unless cares. our team's like really hot or something. Okay. Uh, Matt, will you be genuinely watching zero of these games? Uh, really going to try to find some baseball, but um, Dominican <laughs> Winter Leagues are absolutely lit. It's the best baseball that gets played. Um, but I will say, just uh, some, some quick uh, little Googling here, uh, Cal State Bakersfield, Rowdy the Roadrunner. For the mascot, they're pretty excited about that. Meep meep, as always. Um, also wearing blue and gold. Really, really excited to see who looks more like UCLA on that game. I guess. I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't even think Bakersfield has uh, road runners. Bakersfield is literally the worst city in California. I'm sorry. Do you I think fucking... like the Road Runner cartoon is a real thing? Is that what you're saying? Road runners are real animals, man. No, they're they not. Pro- it probably does have road runners. <laughs> yes, yes, they, really? they are real animals. Isn't it just yeah, in the middle of the desert? <laughs> you didn't know road, run- really road runners were real? I swear oh. to God, thought oh that my was God. a cartoon. Unreal. Unreal. I my television. You thought really fast. Hold on. You thought University of Texas San Antonio were the road runners because of a cartoon. I thought there were just several. Ro- I, what Oregon is a duck because of a cartoon? Like t- you can't tell me that's not true. Okay, ducks are real. Ducks aren't real. Ducks are a made-up animal. Okay, okay The cartoon version of this is way better. Yes, yes. The cartoon version is the thing that comes to mind first, but I know road run, road runners are like a real animal. It's a very I've seen aggressive, them. like <laughs> spiked-up mohawk. Looks very, very mid-aughts with the hairdo on on the aerodynamics. Um, yeah, I'm removing this from memory. That road Can runners are the title of this like. episode be "Road Runners Are Real." Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. This is yeah. this is what I'm trying to get out of the basketball season this year, guys. Education. Finding out about animals. Education and growth. This is this is what I'm all about. There it is. There it is. Um, okay. Well, yeah, not a great slate of games. I guess if you were like, I don't think any of these games are ones that I would be like, oh, if you're like uh, into Pac-12 basketball, watch your team plus blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. If, if you just want to watch your team and get excited for your team and maybe have some of these other games on in the background, no one would blame you. Um, you, oh, I'm the one thing I will be watching for. Does the Pac-12 get how many wins did it get? Um, I haven't looked up. I meant to go look up the opening night stats against bad teams before, but can they go 12 and 0? They shouldn't game, lose more maybe. than one game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it for sure. Should go 11 and one, but who knows? I do want to point out that if Utah beats Abilene Christian, this will be the closest Craig Smith has come to winning a tournament game, and I will definitely be making fun of Utah State fans for that because Utah State has not won a tournament game even though they've been in the tournament. So, very excited. <laughs> have they never won one? Oh, they have. I think the last time not, they okay. won one been over a was yeah, I I looked it up after we hired Craig Smith, but I think Utah has more wins, more tournament wins in the last 10 years than uh Utah State does since the tournament was a thing. Oh God! Utah, insane. Utah insane. is down all the way bad. That we're actually trying to compare ourselves to truck stop schools. Very cool. Lovely. Fair. Can't help. Very it. cool. Love <laughs> the status of the program. Lovely. Great place. Um, okay, on to our draft. We have five categories, and we are each going to draft from those categories. And at the end, we'll debate who has the better team. Um, so we'll do five rounds of this. We have five categories. Here are the categories. Everyone is going to pick one. Pac-12 basketball coach from this year and you can pick however you want either based on their resume or based on how good you think they are right now Uh, everyone's going to pick a Pac-12 big man and a Pac-12 perimeter player again they just have to be on a roster now and I'm sure we'll get like some weirdness around is that a perimeter player or is that a big man who knows let's play with it 
Uh, so that's two categories. One big man, one perimeter player. Uh, and the fourth category is a Pac-12 basketball venue. Where do you want your team to play? Uh, a fifth category, a Pac-12 basketball jersey you want your team to play in. And I know I said five because that's what I wrote here, but actually we have six categories. One final sixth category, a post-game fall food item. Uh, it's open-ended, whatever you want. You can define this as a holiday food item. You can define this as a Thanksgiving food item. Maybe it's just something you enjoy in the fall, whatever you want, um, but pick one item that you want your team to be uh, indulging in at the end of a game. Oh, the team's eating it? Yeah, I thought I was TV? eating it. I thought I was eating it. Okay, well. well, just stick with that. And your team's <laughs> now you're gonna have to stick with that, and your team they'll eating enjoy it. it too. Okay, yeah, everyone will enjoy mine. Yeah. <laughs> you thought your perfect Pac-12 basketball team would just be you eating? I'm yeah, I was fan. confused as to why it was there, but I was like, whatever. <laughs> Makes sense now. <laughs> okay, we have randomly selected a draft order for each category. So, for our first category, Pac-12 basketball coach, Greg has the number one pick. Uh, With the number one pick in our coaches round, I'm going to select the best coach in the Pac-12 conference, Dana Altman. Uh, He's got sustained success, consistency. He's always good. And he can win with, like, different styles of players, you know? Like, it's not always the same formula to win offensively. He's turning over the the roster all the time. And I think that is very impressive. Like, I can can fuck up the draft, and uh, I have faith that Altman will save me regardless. Good pick. Smart pick. Smart organizational knowledge by you. Yeah. Yeah, forward thinking, I guess. All right, on to our number two pick, and then we'll talk about who we didn't pick. Sorry, I should have said Avery goes next. With the number two pick in the perfect Pac-12 basketball program, I have selected, you know, I wasn't going to choose this person because I thought Greg would, but I've selected Mick Cronin. There it is. um, Who I think is the best coach in the conference. Um, Obviously newer to the conference than Dana Altman, but I think UCLA's head coach, Mick Cronin, is definitely the best. He has a magic egg head, and prior to coming to UCLA, he was one of only six coaches to have led their team to the NCAA tournament in each of the past nine seasons and had the most NCAA Division I wins of any active coach under 50. So I think he's just a very promising coach, and we saw what he did last year um, with his team going to the final four. I think they should have won that game. I think they should have beat Gonzaga. Um, it was kind of a fluky finish, but amazing nonetheless. They are picked to win the Pac-12 this year, and I think it has a lot to do with his coaching. Um, I was going to go with another choice, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. Good choice. Uh, just a quick note that if you're just comparing resumes – Mick Cronin actually might have a better resume than Dana Altman. Uh, he has a better win percentage than Dana Altman. He also uh, played. He was at Cincinnati, better. which is a. I mean, Dana Altman was at. Dana it's Altman not like was at Oregon. Xavier. It's not like Oregon Dana is like Altman. a blue blood basketball program. Also, Dana Altman was at Xavier um, and was at another mid-major school before then. I can't remember which one. Uh, also, Mick Cronin has a better overall simple rating system score. If you go by simple rating system, which just looks at you know, how well you performed against your opponents uh, and has as many final fours in 10 fewer years than Dana Ullman. Just saying. Thank you, He's Carlos, also for making my argument for me. A much better program. I think UCLA is much better for basketball. But okay. I don't think it's like a big gap. Good for I him. Just, I prefer What's, Dana Ullman. Dana Ullman could be at a better program. <laughs> I mean, right? Dana, yeah, Dana Ullman's been there 10 years. Anyway, anyway, okay, we can have this fight at some other time. Matt, <laughs> basketball expert Matt, you're up. Thank you, music. Uh, so we are going with a kindred spirit to me, um, one that I feel very connected to. Uh, we're going with uh, Arizona head coach Tommy Lloyd with the number three pick. Um, y'all want to talk resume. Haters will say that this guy Mark Few has has been coaching at this school. 
the, those of us that that are in the know in the college basketball sphere know that uh, that Tommy Lloyd's really what has been driving uh, the forces at uh, little old Gonzaga, um, really turning them into the powerhouse that they are. Uh, it, fully responsible for an 841 win percentage. 19, I think I saw the number, conference championships. Uh, just an absurd resume. Uh, clearly better than, than y'all's two picks. I don't even, I, I believe they've lost more than three games. So uh, Tommy Lloyd, the clear choice here. The clear choice here. Mark Few is just a figurehead. Never heard, heard of him, here to first. be honest. I, it's a fake name. Nobody, who names their kid Mark? That's not a real name. <laughs> I think saying uh, Tommy Lloyd was driving the success was a good choice of words because Mark Few got a DUI. Tommy Lloyd didn't do that. <laughs> the designated. I really thought those jokes were going to come up with Altman, but yeah, no, that was better. That was better. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. All right, it's my turn. Okay, I picked Wayne Tinkle. Um, I picked Wayne Tinkle because his last name is Tinkle. His last name is Tinkle, but also I think he was on the hot seat um at the end of last year, and I have no idea. I have no idea why. Oregon State has been to the tournament twice now under Wayne Tinkle. Before Wayne Tinkle, they hadn't been to the tournament at all since 1990. That's over 30 years without a tournament appearance, and Wayne Tinkle has done it twice in six years. Okay. Oregon State has had a winning record three years in a row. They just had three seasons with a winning uh they've had just three seasons with the winning record in the twenty five years before Wayne Tinkle. In all of those twenty five years, just three winning seasons. Um and for some reason he was on the hot seat last year. I like at the beginning of last year. I I think there's some questions, some real questions about how sustainable Oregon State's run was. Uh, but I thought they made some really nice defensive adjustments in the middle of that run that kind of showed off what um, Wayne Tinkle was capable of, kind of going to that zombie zone defense. Uh, Matt, how much do you know about zone defenses in basketball? Um, I think, like, it, it has to do with, like, boarding zones, like how, how, you, <laughs> yeah. get, how you get subbed in and out of the game, right? Kind of like. Kind of like hockey yeah, lines. It's hockey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely that. that. <laughs> um, no, he, he did this thing where he played zone defense, which is not unlike, I guess, a zone defense in football for Matt. Um, every, I assume everyone who's listening knows Forgot about that parallel. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, where they were sort of switching between playing <laughs> man and zone. The passer? Where is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they were sort of switching between man and zone erratically, even within the same possession. So I have faith in Wayne Tinkle. I think he I think they're gonna have a surprising year. I think people are gonna be surprising. That's who my pick is. Um anyone that Ter- uh... terrible pick. Um if if you really do want a good laugh, uh go to ArizonaWildcats.com and look up the bio for Tommy Lloyd. I, I not joking, like I pulled all of my talking points directly from this. That thing sound is written exactly like Tommy Lloyd is the only reason that Gonzaga has done anything. Like he very directly developed it, led them to it, all of it. Very funny read. Very funny. Yeah, in his set 20 seasons in Spokane it says they have a typo. posted a record of 0.841. Where's their typo? They spelled developed wrong. <laughs> development. <laughs> no, yeah, they did. Whoops. You're right. That's the um, only inaccuracy there. That's a good catch. That was impressive. I will say I will say Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd was on my list also. Um, he was on mine too. Yeah, I mean I think we don't really know we like know very little about what Tommy Lloyd's gonna do. We don't know to what extent he was responsible for Gonzaga's up tempo. Sure um, we do. I approach. just read ArizonaWildcats.com, all of it. <laughs> Every bit. Um yeah, uh, so we'll see. Everyone, everyone, I've read a bunch of stuff about him that he's a development guy, um, mm-hmm. that he develops players very well. But I don't know. I've I've only heard good things. So maybe Matt was right in reading the ArizonaWildcats.com. Uh, I've never I been wrong. Website. The basketball side of the conference is like the opposite of the football side, and I think there are a lot of really good coaches in the basketball side. Like there are a lot of coaches I could have picked, and I would have been happy with. Say if I'd had your pick, like. I think Craig Smith at Utah would have been a good one. He hasn't coached at a power conference team yet, but he's gone to the tournament like three straight years. I think he's done it with every team he's coached at. Um, And Kyle Smith, I swear if I'm getting his name wrong. No, Kyle Smith from Washington State. Yeah, he's a great coach too. 
Who are you going to say, Avery? I was going to say Tommy Lloyd. I was hoping Greg would pick Mick Cronin just because I don't, I didn't want Dana Altman to be one or two. I thought that would be funny. <laughs> but I feel like new coaches, like even if you haven't coached a season in the Pac-12 yet, I feel like you're automatically a top eight coach in the conference. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, you just automatically get put in the middle there. It's true. No, you're not wrong. Uh, I thought Tad Boyle kind of thought about him for a second. Um, you know, he's had a rough few seasons in Boulder, but seemed to bounce, bounce back nicely last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also had Kyle Smith on my, on my list here. Yeah. I do think there's some quality coaches in the Pac-12. I'm really excited. Like there are um, only a few that I wouldn't want. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like Mark Fox. Starting with Mike Hopkins and Mike Hopkins Mike at Washington. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, maybe Jared Haas at Stanford. Yeah. He know. at least recruits though. So like, I think he's a tier yes. above the others and yeah. it's kind of the same deal with Andy Enfield. Although I'd like Andy Enfield and Andy Enfield better. Yeah. Uh, Matt hanging in there. How was your list? <laughs> was uh, anyone I else on your Tommy list? Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got lucky to get picked in. <laughs> I thought, Great job. I thought that was a really pick. safe move, and I'm glad that Greg did what he did. <laughs> we're gonna teach. Who, who would we're you gonna teach picked? him so much? I'd have gone Cronin or something. I don't know. <laughs> but he was gone. Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't, I probably would have gone. I would have gone because. So I really thought Avery was gonna go Tinkle, um, and I thought Greg was gonna go honestly with like a Homer pick or something. So I thought both Cronin or and Lloyd would be on the board still for me. <laughs> So it was a real toss-up between taking Cronin so that Carlos couldn't get him and the only coach that I actually prepped. You know, uh, in both of the drafts we've done, I had the first pick with coaches, and I put, I picked Oregon's coach in both of them. Am I really an Oregon fan? People are asking. Just a sympathizer. People are asking. We have answers. All right, let's go on to our next category here, Category 2, Pac-12 Big Man. Sorry, I did it again. Avery. Uh, this one is really hard for me because I think there's a lot of talented big men in the conference, depending on how you define it. Um, for me, I am going to go with Azulis Tubelis. He's a power forward from Arizona. Um, this is going to be his sophomore season. Um, he was last year on the Pac-12 all Pac-12 freshman team. And this year he was named preseason Pac-12 second team by conference media members. And he's also on the Carl Malone award watch list, which only has 20 players on it. And it goes to the top power forward in the country. This summer he was playing for Latvia, which is his home country in the FIBA under 19 world cup. And he was averaging 17 points, 10 rebounds and three assists and three steals per game. So he's super promising. And I think under Tommy Lloyd, he could really develop into something special. So I'm excited to see what he looks like this season. I think he, it would be an excellent big man to have on your team. Yeah. He's versatile. He's also a good three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, shot last year at a 31.7%. Pretty good for a guy who's almost six feet, seven feet. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> Pac 12 basketball expert, Matt. I'm going to call you, if you don't mind, I'm going to call you Pac-12 Basketball Casual. We have a lot of Pac-12 Basketball Casual fans, and I think you could speak speak to them better than we can. I like Expert a lot better, personally. <laughs> I think his posture shows how much more he cares about <laughs> Matt is basketball. Podcasting is a visual back. medium. He's basketball sleeping. podcast versus football podast where he's like on the computer. I'm about eight degrees away from fully laying down and falling. <laughs> um, can I make Isaiah Mobley a big? He's six ten. That counts. You right? definitely can. All yeah. right, well, I'm he picking Isaiah list. Mobley. Um, six ten, two thirty five. So you know, def very much so big guy. Um. I just, I honestly just love the versatility. Definitely can can stretch out and shoot a little bit. I think, um, yeah, forty three percent from three last year. Um, it's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah, forty four mm-hmm. almost. Oh, you yeah. don't need to look at attempts. I don't actually uh, need to look that far. But I feel like he shot a decent amount of them. But yeah, one point two a game. You get three point up, three pointer up a game. I wonder if he's gonna take more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a not a bad pick I think for it's going a great in kind pick. of. Yeah, definitely doesn't have anything to do with me thinking that I was picking his brother that actually went to the NBA last year. 
<laughs> hey, his Isaiah, brother looks good in uh, in Cleveland, by the way. Isaiah is not quite as good as Evan was. Not, not nearly as good. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, definitely not the same guy. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I genuinely, like, I, I get the sense that USC is going to run a lot through him this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's probably the best player, maybe. Um, yeah, good pick. Yeah, good pick. All right, it's my turn. Expert pick. I swear to God, Carlos. All right, stretching the definition of big a little bit. I'm oh, going to take Warith Alatiche. Um, These names are I, great. Yeah, Warith oh. Alatiche, my favorite Pac-12 name, I think. It just sounds cool. Alatiche. Caillou Blue Kelly still gets the Caillou gets the Blue one Kelly. for me. but Stanford Stanford defensive back. There's a guy named Booby Curry on Arizona's football yes. team. So, oh, that's yes, pretty yes, good. That's good, too. They have a Stanley Barry held the third. Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> basketball. Uh, Warith Alatiche, I know he's only six foot seven. But he plays the vast majority of minute, his minutes at power forward. He's an absolutely bonkers rebounder. Um, he His rebounding rate is ridiculous, especially his offensive rebounding rate. Um, his offensive rebounding rate was top 40 of all basketball players in the country. Um, he's just like has really good instincts and intuition. He, he's a solid and versatile defender. He's athletic. Um, if you watch that tournament run, he was instrumental. It felt like he was just always in the right place at the right time making play after play. Um, and per advanced stats, he was actually Oregon State's best player last year. He had the team's highest PER, which is their player efficiency rating. And he had the team's best box plus minus last year. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with Warith Alatiche. I think he's going to be a big part of what they do. It's going to be interesting to see him if he gets a lot of minutes alongside Roman Silva. He probably will this year. Um, going to be super interesting to see how he develops. Um, he just has really, really good instincts. I'm very excited about him. So that is my pick. Uh, I like it. Or, that yeah. was, I hadn't considered him as a big. I, I, I briefly considered Roman Silva, but. I, yeah, I like Alatiche. He's good. And he's, like, good for a poster every few games. Yeah, he just he just sort of, like, is around and is athletic enough to... He had 8.6 rebounds, but I, I didn't check his per-game stats. He had 8.6 rebounds last year for for a guy getting 27 minutes, um, which is still a lot, but I don't know. Yeah, and, and he's 6'7". He, yeah, Shows he's, he's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, Avery... Is up? No, everybody already picked. went. That's Greg me. is up next. <laughs> so, three of my top four are actually still on the board, including the guy I would have picked first. So, uh, with my pick in the uh, big round, I'm going to go with Miles Johnson. Yes, I knew it. He was He's, on my list too. Yeah. yeah, he was on mine too. He is a transfer center from Rutgers to Far UCLA. Too the name. <laughs> It is a very normal name. There are a lot of Miles Mileses in the world now, uh, but he's one of the best rim protectors in the country. And with him on the floor, you are guaranteed to play good defense. He's just that good. And with Altman's ability to coach a defense, nobody's going to be scoring on my team. Also, he's yeah. a good rim runner. So, like, I'm I'm very pleased with him being on there. Be him being on the board for me. So he really should have gone first. Um, I'm, okay, I'm very rude. dumb. I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very dumb because I actually had Miles John Johnson written down, and here's what I have written down. My first bullet was: I assume Miles Johnson will be gone. I um, wanted to do something different. I feel like I it was, was too basic of a choice. I, um, I think it was great. No, I'm glad you did it. I, I wanted to take him because, but like I never heard. It just this, blinked. Dude. I, I like uh bold yeah he's a he's from Rutgers he's a great he's a great defender um and Matt just for some context and for the people who don't know UCLA's biggest weakness last year was having a guy who's going to defend at the rim and he does it very well he actually people kind of think he's a top what top two top three center in the country so yeah I don't know about like just center but in terms of pure rim protector he might be the best like he's there are only a few other ones up there yeah yeah so, uh, very silly of me not to take him. I probably personally should have, but um, I, I don't know. I actually think Azulis Tabellis is another, is also a great pick. Avery, I had no problem. Like, I could totally see him. He He's a much better offensive player than my Yeah, mm-hmm. I, w- I was thinking yeah. more offensively than defensively. With my bigs, I was, for almost all of them, I was going offensively, which is why I didn't have Tabellis up there for me. But, like, yeah. I definitely thought about him. Um, one name we didn't mention yet, Roman Silva. 
seven uh, one mm-hmm. center from Oregon State. I think um, I think he'll be good. I think he may factor in. He I feel like he had a lot of great moments in that tournament run and the Pac twelve tournament run. So. Also, elite facial hair potential could really shave in some some nice some nice sideburn <laughs> chops. Would be really happy with that. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I had two others we haven't mentioned. Uh, Nathan Biddle, five star recruit to Oregon. He's oh. I think seven feet tall. Very like skilled deep. offensively. He can shoot. He can pass. And he should be able to protect the rim with his length, but it'll be different in college than it was in high school, so it'll be interesting to see. And then also, this one was lower down for me, uh, Brandon Carlson from Utah. He's a great, great shot blocker, and he's also got a jump shot. And as he's gotten older, he's bulked up a little bit, and so he shouldn't get bullied quite as easily as he did when he was a little younger. And so I think I think he'll have a really good year this year too. Yeah. Cool. Okay. That's it for our big man. Let's go on to our next category, category Pac-12 perimeter player, Pac-12 basketball expert, Matt. Thank you. Uh, Johnny Juzang, baby. That's a great pick. <laughs> Did I say that right? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm told he's quite good. <laughs> all right all right expert analysis yeah johnny juzang is what people are kind of talking about him as a top 10 player in the country so people are um, talking i think he's like the second favorite for player of the year it's timmy and then him yeah it's uh it's it's really seen as a two horse race here i've got the next one here uh i i am picking ucla's best player that's Jaime Hawkes. Um, Jaime Hawkes is a do everything wingman. He can kind of guard. He was guarding big men during UCLA's Final Four run. Um, everyone thinks that Johnny Juzang is UCLA's best player, and I think we all agree, or at least people who are watching that team agree, it's Jaime Hawkes. He's their most important player. He's their most versatile. He plays. That dude was playing. That kid was playing forty minutes a game. Did not take a single minute off in some of those tournament games he's an iron man he's an awesome defender he's uh really good at kind of creating his own shot he doesn't do it a lot just because he's asked to do so much defensively um i think he's i think he's the best perimeter player in the conference if not maybe the the country so uh yeah i've got i've got jaime Hawkes. um that's my pick greg is up next Uh, with my pick, as I uh, said earlier, I'm going to go with Ben Matherin. He's probably one of like the five or ten best wing prospects in this year's draft. Uh, he's got the athlete- uh, the length and ath- athleticism to guard one through four. Uh, he's just very impressive in that way. Uh, he can cut and he finishes through contact really, really well. Uh, he can playmake too, which is valuable. And he's improving as a shooter, which is... <laughs> Like, if that shot comes along, he's going to be a great NBA player, not just a great college player. Uh, and having him next to a center like Miles Johnson, and I'm just even more confident that nobody will be scoring on my team. It's a good pick. Avery, you are up next. I think, do I have this right? No. Yeah, Avery's next. Elite hosting for me. Go ahead, Avery. <laughs> Okay, so the top three players on my board are gone now. Damn you, Greg. Um, And so I'm going to revert back to what I know best and pick Jared Lucas out of Oregon State. Um, Jared Lucas, like I said, is in Oregon State. He's a junior this year. He last year was second in scoring on Oregon State behind Ethan Thompson, who graduated. So there's more points to be scored, I guess. <laughs> now that Ethan Thompson is gone, he is was leading the conference in free throw percentage, which is an important stat, in my opinion. And he also was shooting uh, 40% from the three. So I think it's going to be very fun to watch him this season take a little bit more control since he's one of the guys on the teams with more experience. Yeah, yeah good, a good pick. pick. A good pick. Um, on my list also, Will Richardson, uh, the 
point guard out of uh, Oregon. I think everyone kind of figures him to be a contender for the Pac-12 first team when the season's over. He's, I think, everyone has him, and, and his shooting percentage is kind of bears this out i think he's the best shooter in the conference at this point he's gonna get a lot of opportunities to prove himself oh who's who who do you have ahead of him johnny juzang as a shooter i have the stats to back this up okay so johnny juzang uh as a shooter his percentages don't look great but he has the (laughs) highest difficulty of shot in the country because all the shots he make are like weird falling on the ground behind the back. <laughs> whoa, okay. whoa, whoa. He's better. I have the stats to back it up. Well, his percentages don't look great. Isn't best shooter about efficiency? I wasn't done yet. I'm just talking about his ability to shoot is better than I think anyone else in the country. Uh, so for most people, they take, uh, let's see, yeah. Most people, they take about like 75% of their threes as uh, catch and shoots rather than pull-ups. Johnny Juzang took 52% of his threes as pull-ups, which is wildly high and very hard. Those are much much harder shots, and they're usually contested. And furthermore, uh, his catch and shoot shots, I think 72% of his catch and shoot, 72% of his uh, catch and shoot attempts were contested which is a wildly high number. Yes. It's crazy how often he had to shoot contested shots, and he still shot pretty well, especially over the last 17 games of the season where he shot 37% from three. I mean, this makes me think that he's, I mean, uh, this is a distinction Mick Cronin made last year that he's a scorer and not a shooter. I think that means that, to me, that means he's a better scorer. I'm not... I don't know. Uh, okay. I mean, those I are think, good arguments. I think if you just gave him those easy shots, he would be a 45% three-point shooter. His form is beautiful. Yes. I, I don't disagree there. Are you going to say something, Avery? No. <laughs> okay. Cool. Anyone else to add? All right. Cool. Let's go on to our next category, Pac-12 basketball venue, and we have a trade. Uh, Avery, uh, I've ha- offered me a trade. Uh, she is trading to me, um, for your Jersey pick, I think. Um, yes. So you had, you have the number one pick. I had the number one pick in past Pac-12 basketball venue. Um, and I traded that away for the number two pick in Pac-12 jerseys. Cause I was fourth there and you were third in Pac-12 venue. I don't know, whatever. Avery goes first now. So I, I was just trying to no, shake no, no. it up. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this isn't even that like interesting of a pick. I just wanted to do random <laughs> shit. I'm choosing the John M. Huntsman Center. Utah oh West my, Korea. what a homer pick. That's <laughs> and I Utah, have reasons. With yes. or without curtains. <laughs> it is the largest... It is the largest uh, arena in the Pac-12. It has the most seats of any arena um, with 15,000. And I think it is the prettiest. If you've never been there, the seats are like raised up off the floor instead of like bleachers on the court itself. And I think it's just way more aesthetically pleasing. And that's important because if you your court is pretty, you play better. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of red in there. And they just redid the floor. So it's this nice white pine. And it doesn't have any of that, like, crazy silhouette shit that other schools have going on, like Oregon and Wazoo and Colorado. So I just, the interlocking use, I think it's very nice. Doesn't Cal have, like, an atrocious cartoon bear on their floor? No, they have the retro logo right now, I think. Just the Cal and cursive. Oh, I... I Do they have a bear? They they might have that weird Somebody had, like, a really weird, like, empty-eyed bear. Well, if they anyone might, has yeah. an empty eye bear, it's going to be Cal. Yeah, very very spooky. Everything Cal does is spooky. All right, Greg, you're up next. Uh, with my pick, I'm going to go with uh, McHale Memorial Center, which is uh, Arizona's arena. It seats almost 15,000. And uh, they care about basketball in Arizona. And so unlike their football stadium, which has been a graveyard this year, like that place, it gets, it gets loud, it gets wild. 
and uh, that's an environment that I want for my team. And uh, I have had a theme of putting Oregon players like in each category of my board, but uh, I fucking hate Oregon's court with the fire of a thousand <laughs> suns, so I refuse to pick them. It's gross. It's gross. Uh, yeah, Arizona has, I think, the league's best home court advantage. Um, and they've had that distinction for many years at this point. Last year, I looked this up. Last year, they were 12 and 4 at the McHale Center and 5 and 5 outside of it. And the year before that, they were 13 and 4 at the McHale Center and 8 and 7 away from it. So, wow. They yeah, a 40, it's a huge they had advantage. 49 game home streak, um, home win streak at one point. How did you? How do you know that? Uh, I prepped really hard for this, guys. <laughs> this is an ESPN article in 2016 that listed all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, it's a great. It's it's historic. It's 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 great. Um, okay, I've got the next pick here. Uh, not a shocker here. I uh, I, Mikhail was my first pick. Um, because they do have the best, I think, home court advantage. But after that, it's Polly. It's Polly Pavilion for UCLA. That's UCLA's home. Um, it's historic. It's beautiful. It was re- renovated about oh, I don't know seven years ago, eight years ago, and I think it's gorgeous. I think it's uh, got a great look. They do a really nice job. I love walking around Polly Pavilion and uh, you know checking out some of the the cool history quirks. It's the Madison Square Garden of the Pac-12, I think. Um, I don't think it's particularly loud or intimidating. It hasn't been for a long time, but it might be this year now that people are going to be back. So yeah, maybe I'm being a homer here, but give me Polly Pavilion. LA fans um, known to show up. We will this year. No Watch. show or just, just mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Just you. All Watch. sports definitely happens. All right, Matthew Hubertson. Yeah, this is a pretty obvious pick. Um, the slander that has occurred in this podcast is just unacceptable. Uh, we're going with Matthew Knight Arena. Um, Our main man. Absolutely. There it is. Uh, at Oregon, the floor. Um, th- this is this is just a competitive advantage thing, right? We are here to – nobody wants to visit us because they don't want to have to look at the floor in person. Nobody wants nobody to watch Nobody even wants to TV. watch the games on TV, so if we lose an embarrassing one, nobody sees it. It's perfect. This is the perfect situation. You don't know where you're at on the floor. We're discombobulating our opponents. This is wonderful. We can't all all of the foot on the line for the three pointers. That's great. We're we're gonna. This is all about competition here, um, and we're really gonna run away with this thing. Perfect. Good job. I want to okay. say one thing. I think Avery's okay. pick actually could be pretty good because most of the problems that the Huntsman Center has right now, because the is- team is bad. It's like the team's bad, but if your exactly. team is good, it's a killer arena. And my so team will be good because I have Mick Cronin. The team is bad along with the Jazz being really, really good. That's also The true. Jazz, that's not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's sustainable? Mick Cronin. There it is. Amen. Amen. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to Pac-12 jerseys. Uh, running out of time here, so we got to keep moving along. Time is relative. I did it again. Greg, it's your pick. Wait, Greg, do you uh, want to trade? Oh no! Uh, you don't want the second pick in the post game fall food items? Not. I really highly doubt someone picked me? mine for fall food. So I'm I'm gonna take the best basketball jerseys in the country, uh, UCLA. Ugh, there it I is. don't think it's close. It's a great shade of blue. I love it so much, and the design isn't like doing too much. It's iconic, uh, so it really wasn't a hard decision for me at all. It's a good pick. Bill it's Walton good... wears it. It's elite. Yeah. <laughs> Good pick. All right, my turn. Uh yeah, UCLA is my first pick, but the second pick feels very obvious to me. I'm going to Washington's basketball jerseys. Mm. If you have not seen their jerseys for this year, you should look them up because they look fucking hot. They're um, nice. They're really nice. They've got those little triangles at the bottom. I guess mountains at the bottom of the shorts now to add a little bit of flair, but they're flat. Geometry. The purple and white. Yeah, you got some. You got some. A little bit of a, you know, what do you call that thing where things are kind of kind of a gradient? A little bit of that going on between the purple and white. It's always a great look, typically. But uh, these new these new jerseys for 2021, 2022, they look nice. Very so nice. Shade I'm of going with, yeah, I'm going with Washington. Um, all right, Pac-12 basketball expert, Matt. Yeah, so this actually hurts because I think that um, 
genuinely Utah's um like throwback throwback creams that they do are yeah. one of the best. Um, probably only second to UCLA's uniforms, but the rest of their uniforms are atrocious. Um, so we can't pick them. I'm gonna go. Uh, you guys actually did good and did pick the best too. Um, I'm gonna go with USC's next. Um, it's not bad. I actually, I I really like the way that they will typically use the like Trojan patterning. Yeah. Um, in the basketball uniforms, where you don't really get to see a lot of that in the football uniforms. Um. Yeah, I don't know. No, I agree. I that that little that little patterning I think is a uh, a nice little touch when they when they added in there. So, okay, Avery, you're last year. So I'm gonna pick Cal. I think that their color combination just works really well together, and they're very clean uniforms. I mean, after the first two, I would say all the Pac-12 basketball jerseys. Are on the same level for me but i like i like how clean cows are they're definitely the best under armor jerseys in this conference which is not even close um oregon state was a runner-up for me but then i decided that the orange might look weird against the huntsman center so we went we yeah. went with cow wow i'm going for some cohesion here <laughs> um okay makes sense uh i i I also like ASU's basketball jerseys. Fuck you, Greg. Um, maroon and gold is no, beautiful. They fucking suck. Their basketball jerseys <laughs> are so good. much worse than their football jerseys, but that's not important. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our last category. Sure to piss some people off. Post-game fall food item. Avery, you got the pick of the first pick here. Um, I'm honestly, pro- I'm just gonna choose it. A- because I think Greg's going to choose it. So I think it'll be funny. But I'm going to go with roast beef and potatoes. Is that what you're going to choose, Greg? No, but I okay. think that's a great pick. <laughs> that was on my list. That was on my, it was between that and pumpkin cookies. And I thought like the roast beef and potatoes is like better after I might be bending the rules with my pick, but we'll get there. Let's see. <laughs> you know, like Let's a good roast, good roast beef and potatoes. Get some mm-hmm. carrots in there. Maybe mashed potatoes. I don't Delicious. know. Delicious, yeah. Really good gravy. Never heard this. Of roast beef? I mean, I know what roast beef is, but it has a holiday food. No, this is well, not, it, well, this well, is not it, something I engage You said it didn't have to be a holiday food. I yet. like to eat oh, roast yeah, that's beef true. stew that's when it's cold outside. There's never a bad time for roast beef and mashed potatoes. That's true. Greg's right. A okay. good take from Greg, finally. <laughs> Next up, Matt. Yeah, I definitely took this as a food item for me to eat after watching a game exclusively, and I went with antacids. <laughs> you know, I like this one. This is good. Especially if you're watching Oregon's court. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it. That's a big uh, part of it. Looks like something you would well. need antacid to, to solve, yes. Okay, is that your big match? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't All right. <laughs> nice little side of antacids. Not bad. Uh, you guys don't have tums. All right. tums with your meals. I don't. I don't <laughs> I've got the next pick. Uh, it's pumpkin pie. Fuck you, Avery. Oh my uh, god. Pumpkin pie oh, is pie perfect. It's a high floor dessert. It always hits. It's shockingly difficult to fuck up. It's delicious. It's seasonal. Um, and if you just buy like a massive fucking pumpkin pie from Costco, that shit is seven dollars, and you'll have it for two weeks if it's just for you. Kick him off. You should nothing be better. Keeping a pumpkin pie for nothing two weeks. Nothing better. Everybody listening, please don't keep mm. a pumpkin pie for yeah, two don't. weeks. In your fridge. <laughs> That's terrifying. Nothing. Also, nothing don't better. Eat one on your own. That. Feels like a great way to get a trip to the bathroom. It's the only way you're going to be able to eat one. Nobody else is touching that crap. Uh, nothing Taste. better after a high-intensity workout than a slice of pumpkin pie, and that's what my team is going to eat post-game. So give me pumpkin pie and go fuck yourself. I'm surprised it's not seafood. I'm surprised it's not millions of dollars worth of seafood. Yeah, that's what UCLA does. I guess that's just their football team, and this is basketball. So, Yeah, guess so. Greg, you're up next. Okay, so uh, strictly speaking, mine is not a food, but uh, I went with some nice hot apple cider. Oh, I was thinking about apple cider. I don't cider. care that it's a apple drink and not a food. It is wonderful regardless, and Greg, uh, I, I didn't I realize did this was how we're feeding the, te- the team. So, yeah, I didn't know you were going to pick antacids, though. <laughs> <laughs> how could you not you see could technically chew antacids. I mean, you could 
chew apple cider if you wanted to and if you were weird if you really wanted to <laughs> oh very funny, very funny apple cider is fantastic and it's seasonal so i went with that um as, as a as a quick uh, just a little kind of response to this little exercise desperate for the pack 12 to get an official roast beef and mashed potato sponsor now i yeah. really need that please is there a company that just does roast beef and mashed potatoes well, we'll have to find out yep if not, um, we trademark. Carlos is yes. trying so hard to end this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna get in trouble. Um, all right, very quickly, can each of us just go around? Because I did. Did anyone write down everyone else's picks? I'm gonna assume not. I wrote down my picks. Okay, I could probably let's, guess. Avery, Avery, you take you. What What did you pick? Remind us. Okay, Grapes Agricultural University. His basketball coach is the one and only Mick Cronin. My big man is Azulis Tubelis from Arizona. Um, perimeter player, we went with Jared Lucas from Oregon State. Venue, the best in the conference. The John Hudson Center from Utah. Jersey, we are going with Cal and post-game fall food items, roast beef and potatoes. Beautiful. Greg. All right, uh, for coach, we've got the best in the conference, Dana Altman. Uh, my big man is Miles Johnson, also the best in the conference. Uh, my perimeter player is Ben Matherin. Uh, let's see, Jersey is UCLA. My arena is the McHale Memorial Center. And then the fall food is hot apple cider. Okay, Matthew Burton. Yeah, Matthew Burton Memorial College. Um, oh yeah, boast. My university <laughs> name is Greg Tech. I forgot. Yeah, uh, we we are boasting Tommy Lloyd um, of Gonzaga fame via uh, Arizona. Um, for our big man, we have Isaiah Mobley, uh, Prep Twelve Perimeter player, uh, Johnny Juzang. We are playing at the Matthew Knight Arena. Just barely noticed the um, Matthew correlation there, so that's that's nice. That <laughs> needs to be mentioned. We're wearing USC's uniforms, and we are taking just an absurd amount of ad acids. <laughs> Lovely. Um, for my basketball coach, I went with Wayne Tinkle. My Pac-12 big man was Warith Alatiche. Pac-12 perimeter player, best player in the conference, Jaime Hakez. Pac-12 venue, the historic Poly Pavilion and Pac-12 jerseys, these lovely Washington kits, and then for a post-game fall food item, the only post-game fall food item, pumpkin pie. Um, okay, that's it. That's it for us. Um, that's our draft. You tell us who constructed the best team on this draft and who you think had the worst team, importantly. That's probably the most important one. That's the one we'll get the most shit talking, honestly. Um, remember, next week, not dropping a hoops episode on Tuesday morning, but instead on Wednesday morning so we can talk about the Pac-12 season opener. But after that, we're going back to our regular Tuesday morning slot. Okay, that's it. That's it for us. For Avery, at Brave underscore Grapes, Greg, at Bananamorphs, and Matt, at Matt Niber. Find me, Carlos, on Twitter at Equity Bruin. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Rumors still and thick with smoke. So thick it makes you choke. The crowd falls in, the coffee's kicking, and my patience to everything. Said I'm lonelier than a single sex on a quiet